Relationships aren't what we see on the Disney movies. They aren't all amazing and happy every single day. And this week on the podcast, I speak with Sally Ann, who is deeply passionate about supporting women as they navigate a relationship breakdown and wants women to feel supported during the transition. If you are going through a separation or divorce, I hope you enjoy this episode, but also there are some great hints and tips for all relationships, no matter if they are going well or a little bit on the rocks, there's something for this for everyone. Enjoy. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Hey, hey, mama, how's your week going so far? Now, as we know, relationships are a bit like a roller coaster. They certainly ebb and flow from day to day, week to week. And there's so many different stresses on our lives that really can impact that. Kids, work, you know, the normal juggle. And often as well, we may actually put our relationships on the back seat because we're like, oh, there's always something to be done with work. There's something to be done with kids. But actually, a friend of mine told me once that don't forget your relationship because that came first. That became before kids and everything else and really as life um, gets too busy. And so this week on the podcast, I'm actually speaking with Sally Ann Hartnell. Sally Ann Hartnell is a relationship and divorce coach for women. She's a blogger and also a fellow podcaster. She helps women who are challenged or struggling in their relationship answer the questions that they're asking themselves, wondering if this is all there is, whether to stay or go, and is peaceful divorce possible. She helps them make their transition, navigate the messy middle of separation and divorce without the drama. Now, during this episode, we do talk over a whole a range of different issues. So if you've got a great relationship, I still encourage you to listen because there's certainly some hints and tips for all relationships along the way. We talk about things such as, you know, can you have a successful career and still have a successful relationship? Kids bring a whole new level of stress. And how can we navigate this as parents? You know, we see our, what to do if we see our relationship as a little bit rocky. And what are some t- hints and tips as well, just for overall relationships. Now, if you do need um, some support or you found this episode triggering at all, please contact organizations such as White Ribbon or 1-800-RESPECT. And I'll put these links in the show notes. And this has got, if you are going through as well, any relationship abuse, we don't touch on that. But if you um, are experiencing that, I certainly encourage you again to reach out to 1-800-RESPECT or White Ribbon. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. I know that I loved my chat with Sally Ann and got so much out of it. And I really hope you do as well. Be sure to share it with your friends also on Instagram and tag at Working Mama Community. Welcome, Sally. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast. How's your day going so far? Yeah, thanks, Karina, for having me on your podcast. Good day so far. Good day. I'm really looking forward to today's chat um, because it's a little bit different to what I normally talk about. But do you want to just explain who you are and also how do you best describe yourself? I am a single mum to two teens and um, a divorce coach, amicable. Amicably, always find it really difficult to say that, amicably 
divorced from the father of my kids. We separated a number of years ago when they were small and I was really looking for um, kind of a deep holistic support. I didn't know what I was looking for, but really what I was looking for was a coach. I didn't want a psychologist. I had a lawyer or had one of those two, had a lawyer, but I just wanted somebody to help guide me through you know, navigate the, the mess, the process, somebody who knew what was coming and could offer me support, advice, guidance. So that's sort of what I do, who I am, as I said, single mum to two teens um, who are now 19 and 17. Not quite sure how that happened, but that's that's <laughs> that's how old they are all of a sudden. And I'm super passionate about women being really deeply supported as they navigate either a relationship that feels tricky and challenging or they're moving through a separation and divorce. Really, really passionate about it, which is why I've retrained and, and kicked off this business officially three years ago. But that's why I really want women to feel super supported and super nurtured as they navigate that kind of transition. A um, bit more about me. Uh, what do I love? I love the beach. I love the surf and pretty much in all weather, uh, cooking, food, wine, travel when we can. Um, lived in Hong Kong for a few years, so really, really love Asia, but, you know, would pretty much travel anywhere. I'm fairly passionate, can be a bit loud and fiery, but really underneath I am an introvert. So I'm that extroverted introvert. I can do this. I can speak to you guys. I can get out there and do all the things. But then I like to curl up on the couch with a book and not talk to anybody for a few hours. Sounds great. Sounds great. I'm really looking forward to our chat today because, as I said, it's something that's a little bit different. But as we know, not all relationships are perfect. And, you know, I don't think there's even a perfect relationship out there, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Um, But I'd like to kick it off and ask you that we're, told that often success comes at a cost and uh, something I was reading on your website recently was that um, you can have a successful relationship and you can have a successful career. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, look, I think you can and the the key to having it all, in inverted commas, is really defining what it all means to you and, you know, maybe looking outside the box and stepping outside that sort of accepted paradigm or the model, you know, the old way of defining success, the old way of having a successful career. Because let's face it, even in 2021, the work, the working world is really designed, it's really designed for people without kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that traditional corporate or not even corporate, but working world is designed for people without kids. And it's especially designed for that 1950s style family where mum's at home with the kids doing all the things and dad goes out to work. So even if you're a working mum, you've got to fit into that paradigm, fit into that model. So I think it's about redefining what success is, redefining how our work life is. And, you know, COVID and um, restrictions and lockdowns and work from home, you know, has really shifted that. And I think that's one positive, particularly for women. I mean, there's lots of negative, there are lots of negatives about how the pandemic has affected women and working women, but I think that is potentially one of the positives. In terms of having it all, career success and successful relationship, it really takes two. So it takes both people in the relationship to contribute. So it takes equal commitment to both careers by both partners. So it's not a kind of win-loss, you know, you have the career and you stay at home or I think your partner is a really critical um, element of your success. So whether that's 
you know, however that looks for your particular relationship, I think, you know, you need a partner who's your biggest cheerleader and your biggest supporter and who's willing to share the load so that you can both have success in in whatever way you've defined that. Yeah, that's so powerful and and so good that yeah, it's it's not just about yourself in, in a relationship. Obviously, it's it's both of you um, in in how that comes about and and the support that you can get. Uh, but also relationships um, and and certainly with kids aren't all perfect. And I think also I know even from my own personal experience. You think you've got the strongest relationship, you throw kids into the mix and also tired mums and dads and it's a whole new level of stress and um, not only on yourselves but also on your relationship. Um, why Why do kids do this? Because it's one thing that they're sometimes the best thing that can happen to us and sometimes the most challenging in a variety of different ways. I think they're always the most challenging in yeah. a variety of ways and it doesn't matter how old they are, they're always the most challenging and they hold up a great big fat mirror to us to show us, you know, where we need to grow and shift and change. But that doesn't really, that doesn't really <laughs> answer your question. Um, yeah, look, I think kids are always going to shift things and I, and I really think the first child is the biggest, no, I'm going re- to pull that question, pull that answer back. I was going to say that the first child is the biggest change. It is, but then the second one just magnifies it all if you have more than one. Oh, um, 100%. <laughs> I think I think it comes down to a couple of things, a couple of key things, expectations and communication. So I think it's really important, and we don't always do this as couples. It's really important to navigate some of this stuff before you even think about falling pregnant or having children. You know, that discussion really needs to start much earlier. So for anyone out there who's got sons and daughters, kids, hello, mamas, start having the conversations as your kids get older, not when you get little, but, you know, about what it looks like to be a parent and what it looks like to be a dad and, you know, model it, yes, but anyway, I digress. So why does it blow us up? Well, for a lot of the reasons that you just said, Karina, you know, um, you're tired, you're stressed, you know, maybe you've got a baby who's not sleeping, all of that, you know, impacts. And I think having kids tends to turn us away from our partner in lots of ways. So we forget to prioritise each other. We forget to prioritise the relationship. Um, and hello, guilty, when my kids were little, um, it's really important to remember that you're on the same team and that yeah. your relationship is an entity in in itself that needs love and care and tenderness, not just your partner. But I, when I talk about, when I work with my clients, I talk about the relationship almost being a, a force of itself, an entity that you've really got to tend to. And when you're just exhausted, when, you, when you're when you a breastfeeding mess, when you've had no sleep, it's really difficult to tend to that, that extra entity. You're also, I think as a mum particularly, you're also, um, there's always somebody who wants something from you. And I think there's a tendency to feel like that about your partner too. So trying to make sure, again, that there, there is t- time. I know we don't have a lot of time, but really to prioritise little pockets of time for each other um, is really important. 
Even small things like making sure you actually look in each other's eyes when you say good morning or goodbye or hello um, can be really, really powerful. Finding really small ways to make each other a priority is really important in in the midst of all the overwhelm and, and all the things. Yeah, that's great advice. Actually, one something a friend of mine said to me, and actually I've never forgotten what she said. She goes, don't forget your relationship because your relationship became before kids. So yeah. that's what was the start. That was the the precursor to having kids. That's why you've had kids at the start is because you've had a relationship with someone. So don't forget to, you know, water it and remember it and foster it because, yeah, otherwise things can, you know, not go so well if you're not tendering um, to that. And you're right, as, as you have kids, it's you, you, you just go into sort of this overdrive of, yep, I've got work and, you know, the kids and social life and as we're coming out of lockdown, as we just commented before we jumped on, life's getting busy back again. But also maybe it's prioritising that date night, just the two of you outside the house that you haven't had. Yeah, I think date night's really important, but also just those really small pockets of time every day. Yeah. And, and you know, not just the quick, yeah, bye, doll kiss and you're out the door like actually tend to one another turn to one another look at each other just pause you know 10 seconds 30 seconds just give each other that time um my best girlfriend had uh, a two-year-old and twins and her mm. advice to me and this is way back in the day her advice to me was make sure that you begin and end your day together and looking looking at each other and if you're the one at home, if you're the parent at home or you're the first parent home and there's kids and there's chaos and there's, you know, soccer boots and all dinner and all the things, if the, the partner who's coming into the house, don't get caught up in the chaos. Make a beeline for your partner, eyeball him or her and have that nonverbal communication, I'm here, we're here, you know, reconnect with one another as the anchor point before you opt into the chaos. And I really loved that advice from her. And I think it's really sage advice that just make sure that you connect with one another morning and night, and particularly in the middle of all of that chaos and overwhelm of, of kids and noise and all the things, make sure you find one another first. That's so important, so important. And as we know, not all relationships go go to plan and go with, you know, they're not all the, the fairy tales like we see in the Disney movies. What can we, if things, uh, I'm sure that things don't go from bad to worse straight away, but if we're starting to recognise things aren't going good, um, I put in inverted commas, what are some things to recognise that, you know, we may not be connecting as well uh, currently and what can we do to you know, so we don't maybe may prevent a divorce potentially. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It doesn't go from zero to a thousand overnight. It's the little it's the little things. You know, it's that death by a thousand cuts. So, firstly, before you get to the point where it's feeling rocky, um, acknowledge those little cuts. Acknowledge those little annoyances and and I don't mean being nitpicky that's not what I mean but if things are feeling a little tender or tricky on the kind of on the regular you know and you're feeling like things aren't quite right you know every little cut does matter does matter because they do add up so it's important to to address and heal those little um cuts let's call them those little 
conflicts so that they don't become big ones or they don't add up to that death by a thousand cuts kind of scenario where someone wakes up and snap, it's over seemingly. Um, So pushing it under the rug and pushing things down and not addressing issues because, you know, you don't want to blow it up or make it worse or you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be nagging. I think it's really important. It's really important to not push things under the rug and to actually address things because pushing it down, making it small, minimising it is actually really costly in the long run. And is I there, th- oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, go. No, I think the biggest thing that we need to learn and that we're not taught, is not taught well as children or young adults, is actually how to navigate conflict because no relationship, and no matter how good, how strong, no relationship is ever going to be without conflict. And I think that's part of the Disney BS story that we're told. You know, it's all lovely and beautiful and, and happy ever after. It's not. It's not true. Um, and navigating, learning how to navigate conflict respectfully, calmly and well is actually the key. So bringing issues to the table in a really calm, respectful way, opening up a conversation, you know, even just telling your partner, this is the problem, this is what I'm feeling and I'm ready to really listen to you and what what you've got to say until your partner feels really fully heard, fully understood, can be really powerful in terms of moving forward when things don't feel like you you want them to feel. Is there a way to start those conversations? Because sometimes that's actually the, the biggest barrier. You may, it's even just your mental blocks of, oh, no, what are they going to react? What are they going to think? And you don't want to have another fight. And then, oh, geez, what have I done? So is there a, a way to, I guess, open that those communication lines is what you were saying? It's funny you should ask me that. Um, I actually have a, a free download, <laughs> which is exactly that. You know, we'll put it in the show up, notes. Send yeah, it we'll pop it in the show notes. notes um, starting up tricky conversations, or you know, I can't kickstarting the tricky conversations that you need to have. So yeah, there are there are good ways. Um, some of it is picking your time and saying, "Hey, there's some there's some things that I really want to talk about. When would be a good time?" You can even open with kind of like. I love you and, you know, not quite as cheesy as that, but, um, yeah, I love you and, hey, this is really important to me. Something's come up. I'd really like to raise it with you. Is now a good time? And probably ideally when the kids aren't around, I'm guessing. Yeah, but that's really, really hard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but, yes, other other strategies that are really useful um, are when you are moving in parallel. So so you're facing forward. You're not actually looking at one another. You're, you're walking. So you're walking the dog. You're pushing the pram if the baby's asleep in the pram or you're driving. Um, it can be a little less confronting, not necessarily to have the big, deep conversation, but just to kickstart it and open it and say, hey, there's, been, there's something that's been on my mind. I'd really like to raise it with you and see what you think. So rather than offering up a you know, you've been doing this thing and it's really driving me mental. Um, there's something that's been bothering me. I'd really like to raise it and see what you think or and ask how you feel. That's really powerful. And uh, and certainly that can, um, communication is is so important um, in a relationship, isn't it, as, as what you said about expectations as well as communication, you know, and, and often that's when things don't go so well is when 
there is communication breakdowns. Is that one of the biggest topics and biggest issues that you see that obviously there's a lot that can lead to, to separation and that, but is are there any fundamentals that you can see um, amongst your couples? I think it does go back to expectations. So expectations of what a relationship or what a marriage is, particularly when you bring children into the mix. Um, so we all have our our family of origin stories and you know when you're meshing your family of origin story with your partner's family of origin story they might be really different but our our expectations of what a relationship what a family look like is informed by our family of origin and when you bring together two that are really really different that can create um, points of conflict so talking about expectations who does what all that stuff um Mental load is massive. Mental load is a massive one and we could probably do 10 episodes on mental load and how to handle it. Um, So I won't go down that particular rabbit hole, but mental load is is huge and I see women, women come to me and just say, I have just had enough. And a lot of it is about mental load. So um, that's a common theme that I actually see as well. Um, like when I've surveyed people, speak to people, it's the mental load and and that that, that women are wearing, um, yeah. particularly. And I guess it also comes back to what you said as well, like their uh, family of origin stories. Uh, and you know, they may be on mat leave, they're continuing on doing and wearing that load when they're returning to work. Uh, but yeah, it's still something that it's a massive thing on on so many women and you know, it doesn't have to be just relation, you know, it's a big part of relationships. And that's also a big part of managing the juggle. As you said at the start, it's about the the home front to help you then and being on the same page. As, and so you can have a career. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm the same, like mental load. I could, I've done a number of episodes on it. It's huge. Yeah. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I've been, biggest tip that I've been offered, the biggest thing that I've um, shift that I've made is make your mental load visible. Find ways to make it visible so that it's not it's not all in your head. It's out there on a whiteboard. It's on a shared calendar. It's on whatever it is. So, um, but I wanted also just to address. You said, what are the big things that that women clients come to me with, or what are the things that key things that lead to relationship breakdown? Um, the other thing that I work with a lot of a lot on is you know, your childhood wounds or the wounds that you're bringing into a relationship, which actually then become your triggers. So we're triggered by our or activated by our partner in all sorts of ways. You know, they know not not that they're subconscious, not that they're consciously, I'm sorry, poking at you, but they do. They poke at you. So it's about learning to, to understand what your what your triggers are, what activates you, what fires you up, what makes you frustrated, angry, annoyed, what makes you shut down um, and healing those, working on healing that so that you're not fired up, you're not aggravated, you don't withdraw, you don't, um, you know, you don't stonewall so that you can remain connected. So I think, again, we could talk about that for hours, but that's a really, really big part of uh, relationship discontent and disconnect and then eventual breakdown. Yeah, no, it's there's there's so much to it, and it's such a journey, isn't it? It's there's just these, as you said, it's the journey by a thousand thousand wounds um, in in that process. That it's it's not something. Um, so if you've gone through that process and you're like, look, the communication's not working and things like that, uh, how do then people like? Wh- 
like, what are some of those journeys? So if someone's listening and they're like, look, I'm really not happy, you know, maybe it is best um, cause to, to separate because probably it maybe the, the two parents are actually happier apart um, than what they are as a family unit. Um, and as we know, not everyone's a Disney movie of, you know, Beauty and the Beast or something like that, like we're led to the believe. What are some tools and some tips and advice um, that you've got for women that may realise they may be better off leaving their, their partner? And I know that's a very heavy question. Yeah, it's a really heavy question. And I think it it's really dependent on, on the individual situation. For example, and to clarify here, I'm not a divorce, I am a divorce expert, sorry. I'm not a domestic violence or abuse expert, but if there's any sniff that anybody is unsafe or there's um, any element of abuse in a relationship or even if you think that this relationship is potentially abusive, that's a really different situation to just feeling challenged in your relationship. So I thought maybe I'll speak to that just briefly. No, um, it's, it's good because, as we know, there's been a lot in the last, particularly the last 20 months of, you know, the experiences of women in those situations. It may have also presented to those women, but definitely seek help because, and I'll put some things in the show notes, like White Ribbon, and there's a lot of organisations out there to support women that do need to flee those organisations. Um, sorry, those those relationships. There are organisations out there to support you um, and set up very much focused around you. Yeah. So there's also um, domestic violence liaison officers um, at your local police station. So go and speak to one of them. Um, put in plan. Put in place a plan if you are going to leave. Just inform the police and inform a couple of really key people in your life that you're going to leave, when you're going to do it, where you're going to go. And really build a support team around yourself, a support team that believes you, that understands what hap- what's happening, that doesn't try to make it all better or say you just got to go back and try harder. No, no, no. This team will, you know, your support team around you will bring you the self-belief, the confidence, all the things that you need to step out. So I just wanted to challenge that because it's really different. That situation is really different from someone who is just feeling sticky and tricky and challenged in their relationship. So, um so, yeah, thank you for dropping all that stuff in the show notes, white ribbon, 1-800-RESPECT, all of that. Um, but if somebody's just feeling really challenged in their relationship and they've got got to a point where you've tried all the things and you just, you either decided that you're done or, you know, you're really not quite sure, again, I think build your support team. Gather a really small network around you, you know, my kids and I call them our catchers, those people that you know you can turn to who will catch you, whether, you know, you need to be picked up from footy training or you're leaving a relationship. (laughs) You know, grab your catchers and pull them around you. And some of those might be paid support, you know, psychologist, counsellor, coach, um, your GP is great. So build your team around you. If you're still thinking if you're still wondering, you know, should I stay, should I go, really go, go deep on um, exploring your values. What are your values? What are your dreams for 5, 10, 20 years? Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up for yourself? Um, what, do you like, what do you want your life to be like? And is this relationship actually supporting and nurturing you and guiding you towards that or is it not? So really get clear on what you really want. And I don't just mean the house and the car and the, I, I mean 
what you how you want to feel in your life in your relation in and in your relationship and is this supporting you is this taking you closer to that or not um and of i would work on with a client over you know months to actually just answer those questions so it's not just um an overnight an overnight answer um again you know work on your reactivity work on your wounds um and then i think if you're still questioning it what I suggest, what I, how I work with my clients is just define the container of your relationship. How do you want it to be? How do you want to show up for your relationship? What, what sort of partner do you want to be? And start behaving in that way, which then invites your current partner to either step in or not. And that gives you the answer. If they step in and step closer and start, things start shifting and changing, great you've got your answer. You can keep moving forward together towards that life, that future life you've defined for yourself. If not, and you're ready to go, education over over action when it comes to family law. Don't go out and get the first hotshot family lawyer that you can find. Educate yourself. Look at options because there are a lot of them. You can use mediation. You can use collaborative family law. There are lots and lots of options and it doesn't have to be the crap fight that you know marriage story was for example it just doesn't have to be like that there are lots of supports and lots of options available to you that's so helpful so i'm sure even just hitting like that is a very surface level um i know response and there's a lot of layers that then come in um underneath that and a lot of work that that goes through to as you say probably also separate amicably which is um a big part of the work that you're doing by really understanding you know who is it that you are why do you want what you want your values and, and things like that and it's so important that it's not just in a relationship but also just naturally in your life as well it's it's such a big part um you know also for your kids what kind of person do you want to be and the role models and, and things like that so yeah um, and so that's powerful. really important when it comes to your relationship too you know what sort of because your kids are learning they're learning by what they're absorbing from you as as their family of origin so what do you want to teach them about being in a relationship what do you want to teach them about being in a marriage um and i know for lots of my women that's the straw, not the straw that breaks the camel's back, but that's part of their decision. Like I don't want my sons and daughters growing up thinking that this is this is the best it can be. I don't want them growing up settling for something like this. So I'm either going to really work hard and shift it and change it or I've done the best I can to shift and change it. It's not working. We're not modelling a great relationship for these kids. We're better off living in two separate houses and, and them seeing two happy parents who live separately. Yeah, and then also get along amicably. It's so hard to say, totally isn't now, it? Totally with the word. <laughs> um, because, yeah, not everyone has to be um, me together and things like that. So if parents have separated and, and gone through that process and, and things, I'm sure you see many parents managing the juggle, you know, either co- like co-parenting, um, you know, maybe co-homeschooling recently and and things like that and I'm sure it's also a whole other level of organization and communication but just in a different way what are some examples what are some hints and tips that you've seen that have worked for single parents you know in raising kids and managing the juggle because I can imagine that as I said it's it's a whole other level of complexity yeah absolutely I think key is to be flexible and to know that as your kids grow, their needs will change. So if you if you separated with small children, um, they might not cope with 
um, long periods apart from one parent or another. But, you know, if you've got kids who are 19 and 17 like I do, they don't want to move all the time. They've got so much stuff, school books, 25 pairs of shoes that have to go. <laughs> so they, they, they've chosen just lately to go week on, week off. So be flexible is the first thing. Um, in the early days, I would say get things sorted early. And ment- again, mental load is really important here because if you've been the prime carer and the prime mental load carrier, there's a whole heap of stuff in your head that your co-parent doesn't know. So get that stuff visible. Really practically do things like have a have a family email account and you can set it up for nothing on gmail so that all the stuff from school daycare football whatever it is all goes to that one gmail account or one email account that both parents have access to so there's no oh I for- you forgot to forward me the email or whatever it is right it's out of your head you don't have to worry about it everybody has access same thing joint calendar you know you can set it up pretty easily where everybody has access. And as the kids get older, you can give them access as well. So that takes that mental load, some of that mental load stuff off. Another really simple practical tip is to double up on things. Now, I know not everybody can afford it, but things like toothbrushes, hairbrushes, gumboots, pair of thongs, um, you know, those PJs, the really basic things so that when, when, inevitably someone leaves something behind it's not such a big drama you'll always have some some, somebody will leave something that they need behind but if you minimize the things that need to be moved back and forth that can actually really help another really important thing simple practical is to have maybe have a google drive where you can have important documents you know if you've got the passports you can but you need them for something to fill out you know handing them back and forth, you know, you just make cop- digital copies, have a Google Google Drive folder where all that stuff is accessible um, by both parents. Now, of course, this is about an amicable co- collaborative co-parenting arrangement. I think too, just get it really clearly defined and it goes back to expectation and communication. Who's responsible for what and when? So if, if it's, you know, a pickup on a Thursday after school, and and I, I say I drop the kids to school on a Thursday morning and their dad's supposed to pick them up on Thursday afternoon What and we're all at work, what happens if one of those children is sick? So really clearly define the changeover of responsibility, not just oh, I'll drop them on Thursday morning you pick them up on Thursday afternoon. Who's responsible in the middle if something goes wrong or, you know, as I said, you've got to go and pick one of them up. So clearly outline, pick up drop off and who gets to be contacted when one of the kids is inevitably sick or, you know, whatever, something, something goes down. Yeah, they're really useful tips. And it's funny because I often say like sharing part of the mental load, a good tip is actually shared calendar and and shared email. And it's funny that, yeah, even with, you know, if you're in a co-parenting situation, it's actually just as important if not more important to have that same correspondence because otherwise it's oh you know the blame game and, and things like that as you said but it's funny I'm like oh like even in different situations like my husband and I live off our shared calendar and our shared email um, and find it so useful but it's so good to hear that it's also in other circumstances that it can also be applied yeah it's really it's a really powerful and simple tool I think the other the other really key thing about working out how you're going to navigate your co-parenting or single parenting 
relationship, journey, strategy, management, is to keep it focused on the kids. You know, often we just get caught up, particularly if it's a fairly high emotion, highly emotional separation. You know, you just get caught up in what I want, what you, you know, I'm not going to give you what you want. Just let all that crap just slide away. You know, it's, it's, it's really easy for me to sit here and say that, I know. But if you can, focus on what really works for the kids here. You know, and I go back to the the changeover that we've just shifted from, and there are lots of reasons why we did. But you know, when when our kids were little, changeover at home didn't work. It just didn't work for the kids. Everyone was upset, and you know, it just blew up, and it took just way longer than than expected. So we thought, okay, what's going to work for the kids here? And and we just tweaked it a little bit so that. You know, instead of being on a Friday afternoon after school when dad had finished work and came pick them up for changeover, we made it a Thursday afternoon and he picked them up from kinder and school. So that there wasn't that he came to my place first, picked up the bags and and then went to get the kids. So there wasn't that split separation from mum. And it just worked, it just worked better for them. So keep it focused on the kids when you're thinking about how this stuff is going to work. What has been your experience as a single mum working and, and raising two kids? Uh, how do you think that you've had to change maybe the way that you work or outlook or any of your other circumstances um, being a single mum? Because I know it's something that I've been asked before um, is about hearing ex- experiences from single parents on how they do it, if it's at all different um, in managing the juggle of career and motherhood. I think it's really different. And again, it really depends on individual circumstance. So personally, um, my ex-husband for many years has been pretty much fly in, fly out. He's been based in Hong Kong and would come home for five nights every three weeks. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I was on as a parent um, and just didn't have a lot of I mean, I had my team, like I built my team around me, um, our catches and my support network, um, but I didn't have him to fall back on because when he wasn't here, he actually wasn't here. He literally was wasn't in another country. country. <laughs> um, and so that had lots of impacts in terms of, in terms of my work. I originally trained as a physiotherapist and then and when we were married, we, together we made an active decision that that I wasn't going to continue to do that. And while happy with that decision, I look back and think, oh, I might change. I might have changed that had I known. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just I took a few different detours through my working life, but really had to choose something active, actively choose something that worked around my kids. Hence, why I'm a coach because I can work from home, I can work in the evenings, I can work when they're at school, I can really dictate my hours. Um, So, yeah, I I chose something after a little detour as a wedding and portrait photographer, which was great fun, but, you know, when do you need to work as a wedding and portrait photographer? On the weekends. weekends. Yeah, so, um, yeah, a little detour, lots of fun, had some great times, but went, you know what, this is just not working for my family. This is not working for me. So I think. Juggling a working life as a single mom, single parent is a little different and building your support network around you is really super important because if you're at work and one of the, in, and your husband is in Hong Kong 
or Sydney or wherever, ex-husband, I should say, their dad can't get to them, who are you going to call? Who is your catcher that you can call and say, look, Ava's sick. I've just had a phone call from school. Can you just go grab her while I get my stuff sorted and get out of this client meeting so I can get home and get her? I think to single working mum, really get clear on what's really important, you know, and it is okay to feed your kids eggs on toast for five nights in a row because no kid ever died from eggs on toast or jam toast or whatever it is. That is best. Yeah, exactly. Fed is best. Um, real, I'm really big on and I'm hand on heart going to say I haven't done it as well as I really thought I would have liked to have done it. Get your kids, no matter what age, get your kids to do one thing every day, age and stage appropriate, one thing per person per day that serves the household. Your two-year-old can pick three things up off the floor. Your your five-year-old can put books back in the bookshelf, whatever it is. Your 19-year-old can unstack the dishwasher, put on a load of washing and hang it up. You know, as soon as you can, get your kids actively involved in, in normal daily tasks. They won't love you for it, but eventually they will. They'll thank um, you later in life. Yeah, they'll thank you later in life. And it just eases the load. Um, really, as a single parent, I think it's crucial to function as a team with your kids. We are a team. Um, look after each other. You, you two, you three kids, you look out for each other. Yeah, of course. My kids are going to, they fight. Of course they do. Just like normal normal humans, normal kids. But they also look out for each other. And I think some of that comes from having been, having grown up for much of their, their childhood, um, moving back and forth between their dad's house and my house and being together and having had that drilled into them. You are a team. Look out for each other. That's really some powerful hints and tips and advice. And, you know, that certainly if anyone's listening um, and you are a single parent, hats off to you because you're doing an amazing job. You may not think it at the time, but I'm sure you'd, you'd probably profess Sally Ann of actually saying you, you probably are nailing it. You just don't think you are. Yeah. It's just like, you know, as long as they're fed, they're fine. You are nailing it. Your kids are going to be fine. Yeah, and I think there is power. There's positives in being a single parent. I've, I've spoken about this a little bit. You know, there's an, there's an opportunity to make a really deep, deep connection with your kids that's just a little different. It's not better. It's not. It's just a little different to um, if you're in a, in a nuclear family. You know, I think you really do have one another's backs because you have to. You just have to. Those that are, that are going through this journey, is there other things as well that like, you need to inform your employer or your colleagues or anything like that? Or is it best to keep it to yourself? Or is it really dependent on different circumstances? I think it's dependent on different circumstances. There are key things that are, that are good to do. You know, make sure you've got a clear you, make sure you've got visibility on all the financials in your, in your family, in your household. Um, you can talk to your bank, your mortgage, you know, mortgage broker, those kinds of things. Financials are pretty key to just at least have visibility on. I think it is, as a parent, I think it's important to let prime carers, other carers know. So, you know, childcare, school, kinder, it's really important that they know what's going on just so they can watch out for your kids. 
you know, behaviours might shift or change. Someone might be a little bit more withdrawn, whatever. I think it's really important to just inform those key carers in your kids' lives. In terms of your employer, if you can, yes, tell them because there might be times where you need to take a little bit of extra time off, you've got to have a meeting with a lawyer, whatever it is. Um, although COVID and the pandemic has really shifted the way our family law our family lawyers work, which is fantastic because they all work on now they actually understand that you know you can work online. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely it's had advantages to the legal system, that's for sure. 100 <laughs> percent I think it's really important to just go gently with yourself. You don't have to tell everybody all at once. So pick a few key people, you know, whether it's your mum or not, sometimes better not to tell her straight away, um, your sister, your best friends, but just tell a few key people um, without feeling you need to blast it out to the world, particularly on social media. Does that answer your question, Karina? Yeah, it does. It's really helpful. And, you know, as you were saying, there's, there's the focus on the kids component, uh, but there's so much else that goes around it. And there's there's a lot to unpack. And I know that we're doing this in a very short podcast, mm. but and you've got a podcast that specialises in on, on this topic because there is a lot that's out there. There are, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, not all marriages. What's the stat these days that end in divorce? Of <sighs> Look, it's at least half, but I don't I don't know the yeah. most recent stats. Um, there's lots of chat in the media and research about what the pandemic's done to us in terms of our relationships. So we're all we're all sort of waiting with bated breath to see what happens. But yeah, look, no one goes into a marriage or a long-term relationship, particularly when there are kids involved, thinking that it's going to end. But unfortunately, some don't make it. And and I think it's really important for people to know that you don't have to blow things up you can actually step out with dignity and respect and kindness and compassion for this person that you were once deeply in love with you know you can actually step out of a relationship and navigate it yeah so that you're not divorcing with the disaster you just it's just one part of your journey yeah, and that's that's so useful because yeah, there's you do hear those horror stories, sadly, more often than not. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be this way, but there is obviously a lot of emotion tied up in it because there was a lot of emotion going into it. But as you say, it can am- amicably. I'm still gonna struggle with that word. And just before we wrap up, is there anything else that we haven't covered but you f- you think that'd be really important for people to know? I think if you're feeling challenged in your relationship or you're navigating your way through a separation or divorce, the good old oxygen analogy, you know, oxygen mask analogy is important. Really take good, deep care of yourself. You know, take care of you because if you don't take care of you, the bottom is going to fall out of it at some point. So whatever whatever that means for you, really go deep on the self care. Take it easy on the numbing, <laughs> you know, Netflix, chocolate, wine, whatever yeah. it is. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't say that to be a stick in the mud and don't do it, don't do it. Of course, use your numbing techniques for a little while, but be mindful about how often you're tapping into them and really go deep on the self-care. Build your team around you so that they can catch you and support you. Yeah, that's so such useful advice. And speaking of self-care, what do you do to fill your cup? 
I try really hard to meditate and I used to meditate twice a day and I've dropped that off. It's dropped right off. So I've just kicked it back up again. I like to get out in nature, like to walk and, as said, the ocean and the beach now that we can get there. And I also, because I'm busy, like I'm just, you know, bounce like like all working mamas, I'm bouncing from thing to thing to thing to thing. So I just try and remind myself to just grab that small thing each day, whatever it is, you know, sitting in the car at school pickup and the sun streaming in the, in the windscreen. Okay, just feel into it, feel it, acknowledge it. You know, yeah, I love a glass of wine at night, but, you know, just those small things in in the day are really, really important. And I don't do as much as I should. You know, I'm a really good teller. Do as I do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> so it's a good reminder when someone <laughs> asks me what I do. Um, yeah, exercise, Pilates, and just really simple, mindful gratitude practices through the day. Oh, so useful, so useful. Well, thank you so much, Sally, for this really insightful and amazing episode because even if you're in a strong relationship going through a separation and divorce there's been something in this, um, in this podcast episode to really help I think all relationships so thank you so much for this value how can people get in touch with you well thanks for having me first it's been great to chat you can find me at my website which is www.reflectcoaching.com.au Instagram handle is at reflect coaching and my podcast is reflect reclaim and liberate. And you can find me, you know, on all the usual platforms. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again, Sally Ann for everything and uh, best wishes for the future and also enjoy the surf and the beach. Thank you for having me. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the working mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.